Hello, and welcome to Human Rights Magazine. I'm Derek McCush, editor of the Upstream Journal, and this episode was prepared by Mira Rahman. Violation of human rights is always about power. Discrimination is often used against groups of people because of their position in a society. Power imbalances and the rights abuse that result occur often on national or community levels, but this episode focuses on the personal. If you'd like to know more after you listen to the podcast, you can read Mira's article at upstreamjournal.org. The tattoo industry is known to be dominated by the outcast white cisgender man. However, this is being challenged by tattoo artists all around the world. The industry has a lack of regulations and contains systemic power imbalances that leads to abusive behavior within studios. The world of tattooing is having its own Me Too movement, and we should all be paying attention. My name is Mira Rahman, and this past month I sat down and talked to four different tattoo artists over Zoom and got their perspective on the current climate in the tattoo world. I'm Lucy Pigeon. My name is Jess. My name is Morgan Myers. I go by Rosa. I talked with four tattoo artists, the first being Lucy. Lucy started the Instagram account Tattooist Sexual Assault Survivors Support, or TSAS, in March 2020 to address the growing problem of sexual abuse within the tattoo community. Lucy created the page so that people could anonymously share their experiences of abuse within the industry. Speaking to other women as well, it was clear that there was a platform or like a need for like a place where people could go for support because a lot of people had had the same or similar experiences and just didn't know where to go so I think that was that was the thought process behind the TSAS page was to try and sort of give people a platform where they could access help if they needed it and just have a bit of a discussion about what was going on. In May of this year a couple of offenders in the tattoo industry had been publicly outed And this is when Lucy decided to post a video going public with her experience of abuse within the industry. It ended up going viral. And (laughs) um, I think, yeah, the video ended up getting like 70,000 views, I think it was on when I I closed it down. Um, So then after that, I think I've, I've mentioned the page in that video as well, like, you know, if you've been affected by this, you can go here and I'll, I'll yeah. try and help you as best I can if you don't know where to go. Um, so after that, yeah, the, there was like a huge influx of people that had said wow. that they had a similar experience. While all of this is unfolding, conversations about power imbalances within the industry stretch further to include systemic racism. Following the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless other Black Americans at the hands of the police, discussions surrounding the racism that occurs within studios was brought to the forefront. Tattooing has gained extreme popularity over the past decade, largely in part to artists promoting their work on social media platforms like Instagram. While the numbers of BIPOC, queer, and women tattoo artists have increased, the systemic issues of racism and sexism are still very much at play. Black and brown clients are turned away at the door and led to believe that their skin is not suited for tattoos, and clients are left feeling taken advantage of by their tattoo artist. 
I talked with Brooklyn tattoo artist Jess T. Fang about the racist history of tattooing. They link the present systemic discrimination against BIPOC people to colonizers stealing art and designs from BIPOC cultures. Tattooing originated from our cultures. For example, the, the word tattoo comes from a Tahitian word called tatao, which is like, mm. it's so I can't remember who the, the explorer was that went over there and was like, oh, these people are tattooed. Like, what do you call it? So he adopted that word in his documentation. And so that's why we call wow. it tattooing. So, I mean, everything from down to, like, the last detail. Implementing laws to mitigate racist and sexist acts within studios is very difficult, as the tattoo industry has no stable professional association, meaning that there is a lack of regulation and limited accountability. That feeling that it's kind of like an inside click that that is it's closed off from like the normal world and you know what happens in there stays in that in that system and and you can't kind of speak out against it it feels like it's sort of protected in its own little bubble and exempt from the the sort of rules that govern every other kind of business a 32 year old trans masculine non-binary new york based tattoo artist from brazil named Rosa, tells me about the struggles that transgender clients endure. You're so vulnerable when you get, when you, you dare to get tattooed by someone, mm-hmm. right? Like there's this whole, the tattooer has a lot of control about what's going on. So mm-hmm. they're going to touch your body. They're going to mm-hmm. tell you to sit in this way or that way or to lay down and you're going to feel pain. And it's so hard sometimes to express how you feel, even in like regular situations, right? It's just very interesting to see how tattoos can reconnect people to their own bodies and recreate this relationship that they have. There is progress being made by brave tattoo artists in the tattoo industry to mitigate these negative experiences. Lucy tells me how she's part of a group that is pushing forward a petition to make sure that tattoo artists are background checked before being hired. In this country, you don't have to have any kind of formal background check to be a tattoo artist. You know, if you're getting tattooed, you're in in a vulnerable position anyway. But, you know, you might be getting undressed. You might be, you know you you're you are really really vulnerable and i think mm-hmm. it's i think you have the right to know that whoever's touching your body um isn't going to abuse that trust lucy and a group of her close tattoo artist friends have formed a group that they have named the milieu tattoo union our focus is more um towards like inclusivity and um like equality and yeah just kind wow. of consent and stuff like that so we've we've done like discussions about um sexual abuse side of things but also about um like the black lives matter movement and transgender um and non-binary you know um, gender sort of issues as well so because there's, there's all those sort of areas of tuttering that i feel are kind of not necessarily as talked about yeah. too so getting those discussions going i think we're at the stage now where we're trying to figure out how to make it sustainable and so that it doesn't just fizzle out and people kind of forget about it and it was like a flash in the pan kind of thing in terms of the future for lucy she will continue running her tattoo studio autonomy tattoo and is taking counseling qualifications so that she can best help survivors of sexual abuse 
There are actually many tattoo studios that are popping up with a mandate of inclusiveness and equity. Morgan Myers, a Philadelphia-born, London-based tattoo artist, opened New Language Studio two years ago as a contemporary tattoo studio that acts as a hub for art and publishing. The studio has a mandate of being a safe space with Welcome All printed in plain ink on their front door. It's predominantly about welcoming people into the space. I mean, that's the most important thing. So I try to focus mostly on consent in general or like you know when you mm. touch someone else's body um it's good to have a dialogue with them beforehand and see what's comfortable and under tattooing there have been a lot of um these yeah just preconceived notions or privileges of like body consent or just thinking about people in terms of their skin that is really just it, it's crazy and it has to change Welcome Home Studio in Brooklyn, which Rosa works at, is committed to long-term accountability and centers anti-racism, anti-sexism, anti-homophobia, and anti-transphobia at the center of their practice. Very strong community there, and they are very mm. worried to create a space where people are really welcome, and that mm. the space is um, able to create, you know... Um, a good atmosphere for you to yeah. feel better about your body sometimes. And I feel like Welcome Home is the space, is a very good space to, to make that possible. Rosa tells me about how artists at Welcome Home will perform color tests for folks with black and brown skin so that people can see how the color shows on their skin to mitigate the common stereotype that color won't show up on black and brown skin. Save Tattoo, which is also located in Brooklyn, holds community and diversity at its core. Jess tells me this because she used to work there before it had to close due to various factors, including the pandemic. And Jess comments on the strong activism that's happening within the shop. It was really refreshing to be surrounded by people who are really like active in creating change and revolutionizing mm. to tattoo and the origins of tattoo, especially because that's something of like deep interest to uh, a lot of like BIPOC tattooers. Save Tattoo has a focus on acknowledging the difference between appropriation and appreciation, respecting that these designs and tattoos are inspired by people who are not a part of the elite tattooing sphere. Bringing the information and the focus back to Indigenous not only land, but the tattoo practices, because I think that's first mm -hmm. and foremost the most important, because that's where they originated from. Um, and to give them the tools and the voice in order to um, educate each other amongst themselves, because a lot of those practices were lost even within the tribes. Um, I also see in a more like urban and more like, um, I guess in the sense of like where we exist now, I guess um, would be to also just not only start hiring more BIPOC people to tattoo in your shops. Uh, that's like bare minimum, if that. And um, I would definitely say to uh, support BIPOC tattooers actually getting spaces in which they could tattoo. So yeah, we still have like so much work to do, but. Mm -hmm. Definitely, it's definitely starting up, which is great. 
Lucy, Rosa, Morgan, and Jess all agree that more education and awareness need to be brought to the issues in the tattoo industry. It is more important than ever for artists and studios to take accountability and use available resources to educate themselves and be committed to equality within their workspace. Something that really stuck out to me in these interviews was when Rosa was talking about getting a tattoo, and they talked about the process of getting a tattoo as more of an exchange, not a service, an exchange between both the artist and the client, an experience that both the artist and client can enter into, and it can be a space of healing. It can be a space that they create together. A tattoo studio should be a space of creativity, inclusivity, and joy. And that is what these four tattoo artists and tattoo artists all around the world are striving to create. Thank you for listening to this episode of Human Rights Magazine. The podcast is brought to you by the Upstream Journal. I invite you to consider supporting the program and the magazine with a contribution through PayPal as you explore other episodes.